Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. The North Shore Drive podcast here in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is back. We hope that everyone had a Merry Christmas and they're having a happy holidays. But we're back in swing here. We're here to give you some breakdown on that Steelers win over the Raiders. Ray Fittipato, of course, also Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Steelers beat writer, had his grades over the weekend. I want to talk to him specifically about Kenny Pickett. Was there actual growth in how he led that final touchdown drive, or was that just the inevitable scoring that had to happen in a game where the defense was playing so dominant? Also, what led to that do that dominant defensive performance in how the Steelers played and some interesting factoids about that performance? And is Chris Boswell all right? He's been having a struggling year. All that and more here on the North Shore Drive podcast where Chris Carter and Ray Fittipato. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipato. We are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, breaking all things down for you here on the North Shore Drive Podcast, as you can find here Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Apple Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes, as well as our daily daily content updates that we have from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Also, today's episode is brought to you by the Aperture Fan Advantage, the power to project one of our Post-Gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office. By using augmented reality, you can get a an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash Aperture Fan Advantage. No after downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash Aperture Fan Advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Ray... Kenny Pickett came off of missing basically, you know, one and a half or one and three quarters of, of, of football with the concussion protocol that had happened, you know, after the Raiders game or in, in the Ravens game, excuse me. And he came into this game and all, all game long, it felt like we we're watching the press box. The Steelers defense was getting stop after stop after stop at interceptions and holding on. And the Steelers offense couldn't punch through until the final minute of the game when Kenny Pickett threw that touchdown pass to George Pickens and everyone was relieved. And it was, it was a special moment for Pittsburgh to get that win on the night they're celebrating Franco Harris just three days after he passed in, in, in such a tragic way. But was this a moment that you felt that Kenny Pickett rose to the occasion and grew and showed he can be the guy? Or was this just kind of like a, you know what, they had so many swings at it, they eventually just got it right? Yeah, I, I think probably somewhere in between, Chris. I, I think just in terms of completing that moment is, is huge for the confidence, uh, not only Kenny in himself, but um, his teammates. You know, getting the ball to Pickens in mm -hmm. that situation was was big. Um, but you're right. There, there were certain times within that football game where the offense struggled. There's a stat out there entering the fourth quarter 
Uh, Steelers had 12 yards on 12 plays, Chris, in wow. that uh, in that third quarter. And um, it's been a theme all season, slow starts to open games, uh, slow starts to come out of second halves. Um, listen, there's two games left. You're probably not going to fix it now. That's one of those big picture off-season type projects they got to figure out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I do like Kenny coming through in that moment. I don't think people quite understand the pressure that was on the Steelers there. Absolutely. Um, just having to win that for Franco. I mean, if mm-hmm. you, what a downer that would have been if they didn't win that football game. So did you see how Cam Hayward was balling out all game? Like Cam was not oh going to let them lose that game. Uh, but it's different on defense, right? Different. I mean, on offense, you got to be on point and you can't, you know, you, you just, you have to keep going and keep trucking along. And I, you know, I thought, um, coming up in that moment was really, really big. Like I said, a lot of pressure on all those guys on offense. But I think especially Kenny Pickett because, you know, he's the guy running the show. Yeah, I certainly think so. Finding a way finding a way to get it done. And, and again, the element should not be understated. It was extreme cold, not just cold. This was the coldest of the cold. And, and Ray, something that was said all through the draft process, you know, when it gets really cold, Kenny Pickett won't be able to throw the football. And there were, there were a couple misses that he had, but there were also a lot of plays that I think that he delivered really good passes. There were some really big drops, one by Pat Frymuth that could have extended one of the drives where they had a missed field goal, one by Deontay Johnson over the middle where it looked like if he caught it, he had a lot of space to run. And either one of those catches changes the game. And Kenny Pickett had some misses, you know, but I think that was that was categorical with the with with the night and a rookie quarterback in these elements, but he I thought he outplayed Derek Carr, a veteran quarterback with much more established weapons. Uh, to, to, to work with, with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and all the things they had going for, for, for him, he was able to kind of keep his head in the moment and find find ways to deliver. And I think he showed, like, hey, I can I can play in this weather. Um, and like you said, I think locking in and making it happen with the pressure that was mounted on them, I think that's a that was a huge step up, and this is one of those things where people talk about the Steelers should tank, they should just throw the season down the drain. There's nothing to gain from it. I think moments like this with a young roster, Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, you know, all the players that are young. If you're 27 and under, I think it's it, these moments are important to build chemistry for future wins. Yeah, there are certain things that you could try to simulate in practice, but there are game experiences that these guys have to go through, and that was certainly one of them. Um, Getting back to what you were saying about the passing game, I don't know about you, Chris. I was surprised both teams threw the ball as much as they did in that bitter cold. I mean, it was freezing on Friday. It was a little bit better on Saturday, but I'm still surprised. It was in the single digits when they kicked that ball off. I think it was eight degrees. And I don't know, maybe the Raiders kind of got – fooled by their early success on that first drive. They thought, hey, maybe we can do this all game. But, um, yeah, if if they thought that, that was fool's gold. Um, You know, I know Carr came in here last year. Carr had a really good game, had some big plays. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were thinking about that. I don't know, different coaching staff, so maybe not. But I just thought this game was cut out for Josh Jacobs. Um, You know, Najee Harris. You know, I thought both teams would have run the ball more, but especially the Raiders – being that Josh Jacobs um, still is and was entering that game as the NFL's leading rusher. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and the way how you've seen so many teams beat the Steelers just by hammering away at that dam and just we're eventually going to get a crack somewhere. We're eventually going to run the football and they're going to make a mistake. Um, and he only has 15 get carries. Granted, when you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you hold them to less than three yards per carry on 15 carries, that does make things tough. But like you said, I, I thought that they would try to find a way to stick to that run, to keep giving him opportunities just to hammer away at it. Um, it said 30, 30 pass attempts from Derek Carr, only 16 completions for 174 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Let's talk about in a minute here about that defensive performance because, to me, I thought it was extremely special the way they stepped up in this game and made several big plays, even beyond the interceptions, to make, make sure that the Steelers' offense had as many opportunities as it needed to make the comeback happen happened the first time they've won all season when the other team has scored first we'll talk about that here in a minute on the north shore drive podcast but first we got to talk to you guys about valley pool and spa the holidays are maybe coming to an end soon but you don't need to feel bad about that because you should go get yourself a hot tub or a swim spa or a sauna from Valley Pool and Spa because it's going to help you relax it's going to help you feel comfortable and even when as it gets colder in the winter you're gonna start. You're you're gonna you're gonna have something to enjoy in your home. So go to Valley Pool and Spa right now, and you can re- rejuvenate with one of their Finlayo saunas that is sure to melt your stress away faster than the frosty in Aruba. Save big now on all in stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas by visiting valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, let's talk about this defense because, my goodness, you, you I, I had to leave with Cam Hayward. This Cam Hayward's had a lot of really special days in his time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been here since 2011. But, man, he looked like he was possessed at times in this game, just you know, changing the line of scrimmage against the run, getting after the quarterback. I believe he finished with two sacks in, in this game, leading the team. He had seven tackles. Only one person who had more was Robert Spillane with 12. Um, I, I thought the defensive line came to play. The secondary came to play. I saw Devin Bush flying around the field making his. Robert Spillane was flying around. This, this was, I thought, the best collective defensive performance they've had this year. I would agree. They gave up fewer yards against the Saints, but this one felt different, and it was spearheaded by Hayward. And I I thought it was special. You know, Cam is the longest-tenured Steeler. He was born here. Um, He visited here often when he was growing up because his grandparents and a lot of the family was here. So when he got drafted here, he was very much already in tune with what this franchise was all about. He already knew about Franco Harris. Um, And in the last decade since he's been on the team, he got to know Franco Harris. Um, He was on Franco's podcast on Tuesday, uh, the day he passed. Uh, Franco, I think, did about a half an hour with with Cam that day. So you could just tell that he wasn't going to let the Steelers lose that football game. And it's really, really special, Um, uh, I think, just watching that game. Um, knowing what was on the line and him doing that for Franco, I thought it was terrific. And for him being 33 years old, Chris, yeah, um, I don't know what the secret is, but uh, whatever it is, Steelers ought to bottle it, man. That that guy is still a force. He's going to turn 34 in May, and yeah. he's playing. I know he didn't make the Pro Bowl this year, but he is still playing at that type of a level. So 
awesome, awesome game for Cam Hayward. And as you said, Okunjobi played well. I thought all the, those guys on defense rose to the occasion, uh, stepped up in that moment and came through when the city needed them. Absolutely, and you're right. The city needed them because, like you said, if they let down in this game, it is such a sour, sad note for Christmas. Um, and, and they do it for Frank. They, they they get a win for Franco Harris, and on on the night they honor him. But and, and I said this with Brian Batko. I said there was going to de- need to be some classic Pittsburgh Steelers football. I was talking more about the offense and being able to run the football, but the defense had to come through too. Cam Hayward said this a lot when we asked him about it after the game. He was like. We had to make them one-dimensional. We had to make them one-dimensional. If they were going to beat us, they were going to beat us by doing other things, but they could not run the football. And they made sure they didn't. Josh Jacobs was limited. Um, again, the push they got against that Raiders offensive line. Granted, not a great offensive line, but still, they've been beaten up by some units this year, and I think it was huge for them to do that. And then, you know, for Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, talking to him after the game, he said, you know, hey, like, you know, Devontae Adams, this guy got nine targets, only two completions for 15 yards. They said, hey, we plan to double him and then leave everyone else, had to win their matchups in their one-on-ones with Waller, with Renfro, with Abdullah, with Moreau, with all the other weapons, Mac Hollins and Josh Jacobs coming out of the, out of the backfield. All those other matchups, the Steelers had to win, and they won most of them throughout the night. Like you, like you, uh, you said earlier, with uh, Darren Waller was probably the one you know deep pass that they gave up that was really huge. It set up a field goal. Um, the, the touchdown pass to Hunter Renfro, which despite the touchdown happening, I thought it was really good coverage from Cam Sutton. It was just like the perfect throw from yeah. Derek Carr, and then and Renfro made a great play. But yeah. that's a collective effort from this team to be on it and make the Raiders earn everything that they did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Sutton was in position, as you said. He gave up that touchdown, but, boy, did he more than make up for it. Um, oh, my goodness. Late in the fourth quarter with that. I mean, that was that was a terrific interception. And, you know, Minka got one. Uh, Mollette, I mean, not known for for being, uh, uh, you know, he's more known as a run-stopping nickel, and he, he's in there uh, tipping the ball up into, in, into the air to himself and mm-hmm. making a really nice play. So you mentioned it early. The Steelers' offense needed those opportunities. And even though they didn't cash in on them, it was really good to see um, the defense turn them over. And at the very least um, – just chip away at that, you know, the confidence that the, that the Raiders were having throughout that game. So um, secondary did a terrific job. I thought the entire defense played really well. I, I wrote this um, in Monday's paper, Chris. I think six out of the last seven opponents since the bye week, Steelers have held those six out of those seven teams to 17 points or fewer. So there's been some rocky points in there. The Ravens game wasn't great. Um, yeah. They haven't been great throughout. That's pretty good. 17 points. Um, give that up every week in the NFL. You should win your fair share of games. And the Steelers are five and two since the bye. They they are. And and you know, I think you, you this is a great segue because I was planning to to ask you, you know, the the game that they had of the last five games, the only one they've lost was to the Ravens, where yes, they gave up 16 points, but they also gave up 215 yards on the ground, most that they've had all season since then. 21 yards rushing allowed to the Panthers. 58 allowed to the Raiders who had the number one rusher and still have the number one rusher in the NFL and Josh Jacobs is something different about this run defense. Are they charged up? Have they figured something out that, that can help them get their get back against the Ravens this upcoming week? Because to me, that would be a great sign of growth if they did it. But 
I also think the big difference might be that the Ravens' offensive line is just that much bigger and better than their last couple opponents. Yeah, I mean, the, that, that, that's very true. Um, I mean, you do have to give them credit. You know, the, yeah. the Panthers ran the ball excellent before the Steelers game. They ran the ball excellent after the Steelers game. So you, you do have to give the Steelers credit for that game, and we'll have to give them credit for that Raiders game too. I, I don't care about the state of the Raiders' offensive line. Jacobs has been putting up yards all season, and, um, you know, the Steelers did the job on him. Having said that, these last two games I think are going to be the biggest test. I don't know about the Browns and, you know, they're out of it. I don't know what they're going to be playing for. Yeah. Ravens are still playing for a division title. Ravens mm-hmm. are still playing for for seeding, and they gashed the Steelers less than less than a month ago. So Steelers know what's coming. Everyone in the NFL know, knows what's coming Sunday night. They're going to try to bully them, and they're going to try to shove the ball down their throats again, and we'll see if the Steelers are, are up to the task. Um, I, I will say one thing. If Cam Hayward plays that way again, if Larry Ogunjobi plays that way again, they'll have a shot. They will not give up 215 yards in this game. Um, but, again, it's going to be a really tough task. The Ravens run the ball really, really well. They and they've been doing it this well for about three, four years now. And something, again, to point out, you were right about the Panthers. Uh, the Steelers gave up just 21 yards on the, on the ground. The week before against the Seahawks, the Panthers ran for 223 yards. Just this past weekend against the Lions, they ran for 320 yards. So you're talking about – 543 yards in two games and the Steelers were the were the anomaly that gave the had them their fewest rushing yards all season long so maybe you're right maybe something is and after that Ravens game Cam Hayward Larry Gajobi Miles Jack, all down the line they all said we were not fooled we didn't play well we got we got beat we got beat up front we can't let that happen Sometimes it's as simple as that in football is that, you know, it, people want to make it about scheming and concepts and this. And, there, and there's times to talk about that because I do that a lot. But sometimes it's just about beating the man in front of you. The Steelers have done the last two weeks. Will they do that in the, in the, this upcoming weekend? We'll see because we'll have a, our whole slew of Steelers reporters on hand. But we got we've talked about both sides of the ball when it comes to scrimmage. We got to talk about special teams because Chris Boswell – it's been rough this year, and uh, it was another rough one on uh, on Saturday night. It could have proved costly. It ended up not, but I want to talk to Ray about his insight on what's going on with Boswell and what may be uh, either wrong there or just needs to get better or what's going on. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, got to talk to you guys about Yinzers and the Berg. Yinzers, listen up. If you if you need to do some late holiday shopping and for your favorite Pittsburgh sports fans, Go to Yins in the Berg right now because they have two stores in the Strip District that you can visit. Or if you're from out of town, hit up yinzerspgh.com. They'll have all the Steelers gear, Penguins gear, Pirates gear, Pit gear, anything Pittsburgh sports they've got. And they've got so many different things that you can get, winter clothing, uh, T-shirts, a- anything that you can imagine. There's apparel, accessories, and so many things there. You can only find it by going to either one of their stores in the Strip District or by going to their website, yinzerspgh.com. That's yinzerspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipaldo. We're breaking things down here. We talked Steelers offense. We talked Steelers defense. Let's talk Steelers special teams. And specifically, Chris Boswell. Because 
This has been kind of kind of unique this year for some of the struggles that he's that he's had. Um, missed two field goals in this game, and, and all game long, I was like, man, like the the. The 52 yard, I felt like Mike Tomlin could have gone for instead of instead of putting him in that situation after he missed the first kick. But the first kick, I'm like, Chris Boswell's been automatic, and he's been automatic in crazy condition, crazier conditions than 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 that game. You know, the the, the snow game in Buffalo back in 2016, and a lot a lot of crazy situations. Is something wrong with Boswell, or is he just coming back from that in, that injury and just maybe needed to get back into his groove? Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously. He dealt with that injury that kept him out for about a month or so. And if you watch him, Chris, it doesn't look like he's following through like he normally would. So maybe that groin is still bothering him a bit. I mean, I to me, if if you're the Steelers, um, you know, maybe you just go with Matthew Wright for, for the rest of that season and um, you know, you, you just keep him on the shelf. Um, you know, it's probably not gonna matter if you do remember. Um, Boswell had an injury back in 2018. 2018. Uh, he missed that Saints game, correct? The the one yep. that uh, uh, that uh, was so costly to them not making the playoffs that year. Missed, I think it was multiple field goals against the Raiders in that year too, especially a yes. potential game winner that they would have had that would have sent them to the playoffs. And yep. I was just feeling like, man, this seems very familiar with the way he was playing against the Raiders this year. Yep. So in this day and age in the NFL, Chris, missing seven field goals in one season is a lot. Um, Boswell has gone through seasons when he's made the Pro Bowl, missed three, missed four, like four, Mm -hmm. missing four field goals for Chris Boswell is kind of like an average. Like you said, he's been automatic. So yeah. are, Are we spoiled because he's been so good? Yeah, we are. But again, he's the second highest paid kicker in the league. And when you're making that kind of coin, you're expected to come through. You are. And, and to your point, in his career, he has an 86.4 field goal percentage overall. The last three years, he was 90% or higher. Uh, in all, almost every year, he's been 80%, 80% or higher. Uh, 2016, he was 84%. But every other year, he was 90 plus percent. The two years where he's struggled and he's missed seven kicks in both years so far. The 2018 season when it was revealed afterwards that he was dealing with an injury. He was 13 of 20 that year, 65%. Now he's 15 of 22 for 68.2%. Maybe injury is the key. He's come back from it before, though, Ray. If I'm the Steelers, or if if you're the Steelers, do do you give him that chance to come back next year and be like, hey, we're going to keep you on the same contract. Let's just figure this out and and you get healthy. Yeah, I mean, if you remember what Kevin Colbert did in uh, 2019 is they basically took his signing bonus away and said, you know, the only way you're going to get this signing bonus is if you come to training camp and you prove that you're back to being the kicker that you once were. So I don't know if Omar Khan is going to have the same tact. I don't know, quite honestly, if the agent um, for Chris Boswell would want to do that again. You know, maybe they say, hey, we'll cut us and, you know, we'll we'll go kick somewhere else. So, um I don't know if it's going to come to that, but Chris Boswell, it's a big offseason for him. He's got to get right. A lot of years left on that contract. And, again, um, when you make $5 million a year to kick balls in the NFL, you've got to do your job because there's a lot of kickers out there who are making league minimum. And um, if this goes on for very much longer, I'm not talking this year, but I'm talking in the next season, then Chris Boswell is not going to be around 
uh, you know, to enjoy making all that money that's on this contract. Uh, agreed. And just to put things in perspective, like coming into this season, Chris Boswell and Justin Tucker were on, and Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker still is, he's like the best kicker that ever lived. But both of them had better numbers than the than the best kickers that have lived. Like, I think there's only one kicker in the Hall of Fame. Their numbers are better than that guy. Their numbers are better than Adam Vinatieri's. Like, if, if you have a kicker in mind, their numbers had been better than that. But I also think you're seeing it happen more across the board. I think whatever kicking camps or science that kickers have started to figure out, you know, the Bengals kicker, there's so many more guys that are coming out and being automatic. It seemed like for years that like, you know, you were very lucky if you found a guy that was, that was consistent. The average was just missing, you know, kind of as much as Boswell has, has this year. Now it seems like, Every team, I'd say eight out of ten teams in the NFL has a kicker that they can rely on to make, you know, a 45-plus yard field goal. Well, Jan Stenerud, I think, is still the only place kicker in the Hall of Fame. And if you go back and look at his percentages, you're like, why is this guy here? But, Chris, if you think about it, how many of those games did he play? Were they on grass? Um, How many games now are on artificial surfaces and or – indoors i mean it's really kicker friendly right now um when you can play the amount of games you do in domes and on the field turf and you know some of these venues that are very you know very um uh you know warm weather uh types of cities so there's a reason the percentages are higher i give boswell great credit and tucker too i mean tucker probably a little bit better weather conditions right than, than what chris faces but you know for chris to do what he does in pittsburgh um, that's why he's the second highest paid kicker in the league. And, you know, the Steelers have become used to him being money and he's got to get back to that. No. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I also point that, you know, it's, there's also that, that natural growth that happens with sports where like, you know, the 70 Steelers, it's, you can't pit them against today's NFL teams because guys are just that much faster now. Like, like it's just the science of how to train is different. And I think it's the same thing with kickers. Kickers today know so much more about kicking the football than they did back when Stenner would play. Like, right. like it's just it's a, it's a different level of preparation of the of all the they've been able to learn from all the greats that have come and gone and say like, hey, you know what? That's what this guy did. That's what this guy did. And I'll admit, as a guy who loves to study film and loves to talk about the, the the things about the game, I know nothing about those little things that they do to to make sure. Other than it looked like he followed through. Looked like they did the right thing there. All right, they they made the kick. But I think that that's also a part of it. It's just it's different this, this time around. And, you know, I, I think that it'd be interesting to see, you know, Chris Boswell, you got to give him the chance. He's, he's only 31 years old. It's not like he's he's aging out of being a kicker. You know, you could he could kick for another nine years, I think, if you if you really wanted to. Just a matter of, you know, it is his injury, you know, longstanding and, and, and affecting his form or, you know, is it uh, – or, or, or is this just another one-year thing? Well, he'll get back next year because 2018, there was talk about cutting him then. He went on to make 93.5% of his field goals, uh, in, including uh, making an, some impo- an important 50-plus uh, uh, yard field goal that year. Before we, we, we wrap up, your thoughts on Presley Harvin. Uh, Ray, I, I think that I was on board with the narrative that he needed he needed some time to – to deal with what happened with last year, losing, you know, I think it was his, it was his dad and his grandmother in right. such a quick span and this, the mental capacity weighed on him all year long. But I felt like this year was his year to show he could be more consistent. There's times where he's had some really good moments, 
But he, he, right now, he just looks like a second-year punter that can't consistently punt well. Yeah, I mean, the, the Raiders game was actually okay. I think he had three punts, averaged almost 47 yards. But overall, in the big picture, it's just the inconsistency week to week, right? I mean, that's if you're going to be a team like the Steelers where you're going to rely on your defense and the offense is still a work in progress, you need your punter to be really good. You need that guy to be able to do the coffin corner kicks, um, yeah. you know, to pin teams deep. Uh, so they have to go the long field on your defense. And when that's not happened, that, you know, that's just another, um, you know, strike against you. That's less margin for error when you're a team like the Steelers that's not perfectly built right now. You know, you got certain things in place, but you need a little bit of help, uh, of help from your from your special teams, and you're not getting it right now. So, yeah, I mean, we thought this past offseason was big for Presley Harvard. I, I think it is. Again, I think what you will see is probably more serious training camp competition for him now. I think it will actually bring in somebody that they think might be able to take his job. And, hey, maybe under pressure he might be able to step up and perform. But I think um, overall special teams, every facet of special teams this year has been somewhat disappointing. And it's led by the kicker, kicker and a close second is the punter, Presley Harvin. Danny Smith, his units this year, and I'm not saying it's Danny's fault, but his units this year largely have underperformed. Yeah, and, and that's uncharacteristic because special teams has been such a reliable thing for the Steelers over the years, whether it was kicking, punting, or coverage. You know, And, and they, they haven't given up a score this year, but the long return they gave up against the Colts was a little worrisome. Uh, they responded with a good week against the Falcons, but I'm right with you. This has been an underwhelming year for for Steelers special teams, uh, which is, uh, which is again, uncharacteristic for Danny Smith. We'll see how that plays out the rest of the way. We got a lot more coming your way this week. The Steelers, Mike Tomlin's back at it on, on Tuesday. We'll have our guys on hand. And uh, at the for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette at the Steelers facility on Tuesday, so pay attention for all of that at post-gazette.com and all the coverage that we're bringing there. Um, also, uh, stay tuned for everything going on with this podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday for for the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll be back Wednesday, and then we'll be back Friday previewing Steelers Ravens as the Steelers their playoff hopes are still alive. We'll talk more about that uh, all this week goes long. Thanks again for checking out the North Shore Drive podcast. Um, a belated Merry Christmas. Christmas to everyone out there who celebrates and happy holidays for everyone out there. We hope that you're enjoying special time with family back with you really soon, right here on the North shore drive podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North shore drive podcast of the Pittsburgh post-gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel for six months of digital access to post gazette.com for just $6. Click the link down below in the description.